0: It's our first Sunday in the new building, and I think it's a great way to start, I suppose. Um, uh, let's, let's do a little story uh, from my personal life with my son. Um, Oakland is four, and we have Tegan also, who is just about to be one in a couple of weeks. It is crazy, y'all. It, time flies so fast, um, and Oakland loves this show, and maybe some of you parents already know it, grandparents, you definitely know it. It is called Bluey. You know this show. Come on now, Bluey is the savior of all parents right it's like bluey is amazing Oakland, um, he is here for all three services today. I guarantee you he's going to be somewhere in this building with an iPhone or an iPad watching Bluey today at one of the services because he's got to find something to do. Actually, normally, this is my preaching iPad, but the other six days of the week, this is Oakland's iPad, right? And he will make sure to tell you about it because this is where he watches Bluey and all of his great shows. Bluey is amazing if you're a parent. It's, it's so funny. It'll make you laugh. It's hilarious. And then also you'll turn around like two minutes later and you will be boo-hooing, crying your eyes out in a seven-minute episode. I don't know how they do this. If you never watch Bluey or if you don't have kids in your life, you're honestly missing out because it is a great show. Um, and so there's this episode called The Shadowlands. I don't know if you've watched this episode before. It's called The Shadowlands. Bluey and her friends are trying to get to a picnic that's kind of far away, and and the parents are over there, and they're trying to get to there, and they have to step only in the shadows. They're not allowed to let the light touch them, which is, you know, kids, they come up with funny, crazy games, right? Uh, And so uh, they can only step in the shadows by trees or cars or bushes or different things like that, and they're trying to jump from the shadows to the shadows. You can't let the light touch you, and you got to get all the way over to the picnic. And so they made a game out of this episode called Shadowlands. And so Lindsay, like any good mom, he loves Bluey. And so she buys the Shadowlands Bluey game for Oakland. And he is going nuts. All right, he gets this game. I believe he did it for Christmas. So we're at the, the in-laws house and, and he gets this and he's so excited. And he just rips that thing off, right? And I don't know if you have a kid like my kid. He rips the plastic off, opens it up, throws the board out. He's already like ripped the board. You know what I'm saying? Like immediately rips the board. I'm like, oh son, come! What are you doing? And then he just starts getting all the game pieces out and he puts them together super fast and just starts like da, 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 all over the board. And I'm getting the instructions out. I'm like, yo, we got rules here, son. This is not a chaotic house here. We got to have rules. This is how you play the game. We got to read it. We're gonna take some time, figure out how to do this thing, and then we will play the game. And he's like. No, we're going to play it fun way. And he just starts like bouncing it around. Okay, he doesn't have any kind of rhyme or reason to it. He is never playing by the rules. He loves to make up his own rules. And it is so frustrating because there are very, very specific rules written out for how we are supposed to play this game. And I would like to use them, please, son, if we can. And he's like, nope, not happening. So we start playing this bluey game. And I'm supposed to spin, but then he tells me to draw a cupcake card instead. Yes, there are literal cards with cupcakes on them. So he says, no, Dad, you have to draw a cupcake card. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess I'll draw the cupcake card. I guess so. And Then when it's his turn, uh, you know, there's a part where you're supposed to go backwards and then forwards. It's kind of a shoots and ladders sort of situation, right? And so he's supposed to go backwards. But instead, what Oakland does is he takes his little game piece. He takes his bingo, one of the characters, from the third space all the way to the end and drops bingo off at the end and says, dad, I win. <laughs> it's like, Oakland, oh, you can't do that. That's not how it works. No, I didn't say, I didn't say anything like that. But I'm, I'm thinking internally, I'm like, and I'm saying, yes, son, you win. Great job. All right. You want to play again? He was like, oh, of course. I mean, want to play by the rules? No. All right. So he's not won any of this. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of you are rule breakers like my son? Come on, you don't even look at instructions. Okay, maybe you don't play board games, all right? I got a few of you already. Let me, let me make it a little more personable. You're the man that when you get the shelves that your wife bought for the house, you ain't looking no instructions, right? You don't need instructions. You're just going to put it together. Why? Because instructions are for losers, right? I am a man. I can put this thing together myself. And then when it ends up a little, a little crooked and you're putting it up against the wall, your wife's like, why is that a little off right there. You're like, no, that's definitely how it's supposed to be. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like it, they built it that way. It's just like, poor craftsmanship on their part. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on there. So like, you're the, uh, you're the person that you think speed limits are just a suggestion, right? You're singing on the toll road, driving past Tesla. Ah, can't drive 85. And you're like going 105 on the toll road, speeding past Elon over there. You know, uh, listen, I know some of you might be that kind of person. I like to follow the rules, okay? Uh, some civilized people in here would like to actually get out the instructions and figure out how to do it. And so, uh, but, but here's the problem with that is, is if you are one of those people, and maybe you're more like my son, you would actually maybe be a little bit more like Jesus than I am in that. Because Jesus was a rule breaker. Come on now, he was a rule breaker. Not in a way where he actually broke the old law, but, but there were so many man-made traditions and things and ways of life that the church had been doing, uh, that the Jews had been doing life for so long. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he says, you know what, we're doing something different. We're not gonna play by the same rules anymore. In fact, I make the rules. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody gets to the Father except through who? me. And so Jesus flips it up and and he actually gets a lot of flack for this. He has a lot of people that say uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are constantly arguing with him and saying, no, 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 this is how we've always done it. Don't don't you see the rule book? This is how we play the game, Jesus. This is how we do this life with God. And, And he says, no, 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 listen, you have been told this. You may have heard it said this way, but what does Jesus say? He says, but I say, but I tell you this. And you'll see that many times throughout the Gospels where Jesus says something different than what was the tradition, than what was the actual rules. And I'm gonna take you through a little bit of the Easter story and show you how he changed things. We're gonna go to Luke chapter 23. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and pop that open. It will be up on the screen for you. But Luke chapter 23, verse 33, before I get into this, I'm going to set it up for you. It's at this point, Jesus and his disciples have already had the last supper. Right? They've already had this meal together. They've shared it together. They've taken communion together. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. Take this. They were still so confused. They didn't understand what's happening. Jesus goes out and prays in the garden of Gethsemane. He says that he's actually sweating and crying like tears of blood. Just blood all over his face. It's a phenomenon that happens when you're extremely, extremely stressed. It's a medical phenomenon. So Judas betrays him with a kiss. He gets taken into custody. The same Jesus that never had done anything wrong, had only just helped people and loved people and given people hope, he now is in the situation where he has been passed back and forth between government authorities, and they're trying to decide what to do with Jesus. The crowd says, crucify him. We want Barabbas, give him him, crucify Jesus. And they're saying, for what? And they say, we don't care. It's going to be a mob if you don't, right? So so they say, hey, listen, we got to do what the mob wants. And so they, they send him off to be crucified. And then he gets beat by the soldiers. He gets whipped. Gets a crown of thorns placed on his head. He's mocked. He's made fun of. He's spit on. The worst kind of punishment that you could possibly think of. And then uh, the worst part is they take this, this whip that was specially formulated, specially made to just absolutely destroy the person that's being whipped by it to the point where it actually would rip out pieces of your back as they pull it back off of you. Excruciating pain. Exposing muscle and bone and flesh and awful, awful what he went through. And then at this point, it's time for him to be crucified. After all of that has happened. Now they're going to put him on the cross. And that's where we pick up right here in Luke chapter 23. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. I want to stop right there for just a moment crucifixion was one of the worst possible forms of torture that was ever invented. It was awful. You, you got put on this wooden plank, basically, and what they would do is they would drive a nail. A lot of people think it was straight through the hands, but it was actually somewhat more closer to the wrist here. They put it in both of your wrists and would put you up on this cross, and then they would take your feet, and they would put them over each other, and they would drive one very long nail straight through your ankles into the wood behind you. And as a human, right, you have to remember, Jesus is who? Fully God and fully man. He is both. So you have to imagine he's feeling all kinds of emotions right now. He went through the same emotions that you and I went through. And if I was being on the cross, if I was put on the cross, I would have so many kinds of emotions. So many things I'd be thinking. I'd be so angry. I'd be so mad. I didn't even do anything to deserve this. All I wanted to do was help people. All I've ever done was just try tried to, tried to give some hope and give some life to people and heal people and, and tell people about my father and how much he loves them, and yet this is where I've ended up. But is that what Jesus does? Come on, no, he does not. What does he say? Father, forgive them, for they have no idea what they're doing right now. I don't know about you. I don't know if I could do that. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I could have that level of forgiveness that kind of care for somebody that is putting me on a cross and killing me right there in the moment with all the adrenaline running through me with blood coming out of me to say, forgive them, forgive these people. They have no idea what's going on. That's incredible. And I'm just so grateful today that we serve a God of second chances. That even though we have sinned against God, and technically we're the ones that put Jesus right up on the cross, right? And yet he forgives us anyway. The sin that I have in my life, the things that I've done against God, listen, I don't know what you came in with today, but we serve a God of second chances. And if you have sin in your life or you've gone away from God, you've never given your life to God before and you know that, hey, I'm not living for Jesus at all right now. Listen, let me tell you, you have a second chance with God to live your life for him and to break the chains in your life of addiction or whatever's going on in your life, I guarantee you, God can help you. And he gives forgiveness to us when we don't even deserve it. And I want to go to this part right here. This is one of my favorite pieces of scripture. It's a few verses down. Luke 23, 39. We'll pick up there. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. I love reading the story of the thief on the cross because this dude just gets it, right? He just understands it. He's over here hanging, Jesus right here, the other dude's over here, and he's hanging, he's saying, yo, dude, you killed a guy, all right? You did some really bad stuff. I stole a lot of money, embezzlement. I deserve to be up here, all right? This dude, on the other hand, has done absolutely nothing wrong. You deserve it. I deserve it. This guy does not. Right? He just totally gets it. And this guy over here is he just has no clue what's going on. He's like, all I care about is myself right now. That's all I care about. I want this dude to save me so I can get out of here and go back to doing whatever I want to do. But yet this guy has something else inside of him. He gets it. And he totally understands he's got to hit the nail on the head for any you know, lack of a better term. Anyway, so the Bible says we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. I am not perfect. You are not perfect. Your spouse said amen. Come on, like you missed a great opportunity to say amen, spouses, right there, come on. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, sin entered the world, and ever since then, we have been messed up. In Romans, it says this, that the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin is death, but God loved you and I so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die the death that we actually deserved, and this thief gets it. Uh, Jesus here has obviously done nothing wrong, all he's ever tried to do is to help people, to give people hope, to help them have this abundant life that he promised, and, and, and we deserve this. I, I deserve this, but this man does not. And I want to go back to this, this game that me and my son Oakland play, and following the rules and doing things the right way, quote-unquote. I think that the church has gotten really good at following rules, as Christians and people, if I could talk to the Christians in the house today, I think we've gotten really good at following rules. The rules of the game, if you will. You have to look a certain way in order to be a Christian. You got to act a certain way. You got to believe all the right things. You got to come to church every Sunday. You got to come to church on Wednesday. You got to serve and you got to tithe. And if it's not 10%, then you're going to hell. Like, you know, like we, we have all these rules and everything that, that we have established over thousands of years. You got to memorize 700 Bible verses. But where does the thief on the cross fit into all of that? Where? Because I don't know if you noticed this, but um, he was on the cross for a crime he actually committed. And just a few minutes before his death, he believed in Jesus. And how does Jesus respond? Oh, sorry, man. You haven't been to the membership class yet. Sorry, you're not going to make it to heaven today. Oh, man, I'm so Sorry. Oh, oh, you know what? You haven't started tithing 10%. I, I, I don't think you can do that. And, you know, actually, as they put the nail in your hand, I heard you cuss a little bit. And so you're not going to be able to make it into heaven today. I'm so sorry. Listen, no. Come on. My son was supposed to follow the rules. You can't move that puppy all the way from the beginning, all the way to the finish line. That's not how it works. Jesus took that thief on the cross who was three minutes into his faith journey. And he says, today you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that an incredible truth that we know? That today you can be with Jesus. Jesus does the same thing with you and with me. When you say yes to Jesus, he takes you from where you are at and takes you all the way to the finish line. I don't know if you remember this or not, but Jesus, when he's on the cross, he says, it is what? finished. It is a finished work. Jesus has paid the price for your sin and for mine that we can now have a great life along with God and have access to the Father now, have access to eternal life. But many people do not like the fact that this this sinner right here, this thief on the cross, gets to go to heaven. Think about it for a second. You, person who's been in church for a long time, potentially, Maybe you've been in church for 20, 30, 40 years. You're like, you mean to tell me that I have been doing everything right? I have been following all the rules. I've never missed church. I've always been here. I've been serving. I've been giving. I've been helping out wherever I can. I've been following the rules of Jesus. I read my Bible. I memorize verses. And I've been doing all this. And you mean to tell me that this guy who's been a believer for three minutes hasn't been baptized, hasn't gone through a class, hasn't done any good in his entire life, and now this dude gets to go to heaven the same way that I do? Yes. And that is the beauty of grace. Amen? That's the beauty of what Jesus does in your life and in mine. It doesn't matter if your life is perfectly cleaned up yet. Listen, when you come to the cross, when you come to the the feet of Jesus, he is the one that cleans you up. Many times in church we think, man, i got to get my life right before I can come to church. Some of y'all are here in this place today, you're like, I don't even know if I belong here. I don't even know if, if I should be here today. You might be one of those people that you say, hey, I, I really only come a couple times a year. Easter might be one of them, you know, and I know I haven't been living my life right with God and I really got to get cleaned up. Listen, you don't have to get cleaned up before you come to church, man. Just come and sit at the feet of Jesus and he is the one that does it in you. You don't have to try so hard. Just sit in the presence of God and those things will start to fall off of you. The chains will start to break off of you. Come on, in the name of Jesus, we believe that God is a miracle working God and He is going to do that for some of you today, right here and right now. Somebody say Amen today. That's the beauty of grace. We have so many rules, but Jesus makes it simple. In Romans 10 10:9, 9, 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. All I have to do is believe? Yes, it is that easy. We think before I can get right with God, I got to clean my life up. Come on. No, no, no. You don't have to recite some fancy prayer. You don't got to say it the right way. The question is, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus came and died? That he was raised again on the third day? And Jesus dies. He's buried in Joseph's tomb. And then three days later, some women in Jesus' life go to the tomb. And they see the, the stone is rolled away. They see an angel there. And, and this is what he says in Mark sixteen six. It says don't be alarmed he said you're looking for jesus the nazarene who was crucified he has risen he is not here Come on. I think that is something to celebrate, that Jesus is not there anymore. He is alive. He is well. And he's active and moving in our lives. And that's where we stop a lot of times. We're like, he is risen. He is risen indeed. You know, like, he is risen. He is not here. And we're like, yes, this is great. This is the the epitome of this story. But I want to take you to the last part of that verse right there. See the place where they laid him. I want to give you a little truth today that the place that they laid him is not the place that he stayed. Come on, I believe today that the place that you are at right now in your life is not the place that you have to stay for the rest of your life. The place of sin that you are stuck in where you're just over and over and over with this addiction that you cannot seem to kick. Let me tell you, you do not have to stay in that place anymore by the power of Jesus. I believe that one day after today, we're going to all make a decision to say yes for Jesus. Jesus, and then there's going to be a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, you're going to be able to look back and say, see, check out the place that I used to be. Look at what my life used to look like. Look at the place that I I used to be, and look where I'm at now. Look who I used to be, and look who I am now. And people will ask you, like, what happened in you? What changed in you? And all you could just say is, Jesus did it. Jesus did it in me. It wasn't me because I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I can't do it by myself. I'm not perfect, but I need a God who loves me, who gives me grace, and helps me to repent, to turn from one way and move the other direction. When Jesus says believe and repent and believe, what is he saying? If you actually go back to the original language, it simply means to turn from the way that you are going Turn around and walk the other direction. And I believe if you would do that today, right here, right now, that Jesus will take you from death to life and you will be able to have the abundant life that he promised. Jesus laid in the tomb that you and I deserved. The tomb that had my name on it. It had Trevor's name written all over that thing, let me tell you. It had your name written all over it. But the grace of God... says in the word that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you're still here even today, maybe in sin, Jesus has already done it for you. He's already died for you. All you have to do is just say yes. It's easy. You see, Mary and these others were gonna anoint Jesus. And it says in that verse, who's gonna roll the stone away from us? Because after uh, they, they were Uh, Dead, they would actually wrap the body in these grave clothes and and they would go in and anoint the body after a certain period of time. And Grave clothes are simply linens put over a body to preserve it. And the issue with the grave clothes and staying in the grave is that it represents everything from our old lives. The grave clothes represent the dirty, nasty, junk sin that we've had in our lives for so long that we were living in death. But here's the problem. The devil wants you to stay in those grave clothes. He wants you to be reminded of your sin all the time. Maybe you've actually gotten up and got out of the tomb, but you you walked along with your grave clothes and you're still wearing them. You just look like a mummy walking around, looking all ridiculous, right? And you're holding on to it. And it just it doesn't look right. The devil wants you to stay in bondage. He wants you to stay addicted. He wants you to stay angry. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to stay in bondage to anxiety, to greed, to anger. He wants you to hold on to your past and to hold on to your sin so that you will not step into all that God has for you. And some of you are even still sitting in the tomb that Jesus died for you to get out of. I think a problem with our culture is many times we're actually okay with being in the tomb. We like the sin, right? We're okay with it. We've come to terms with it. And we actually hold on to those grave clothes and we're like, yo, is this silk? This is nice. What's the thread count in these things? This is pretty good. And we let the devil lie to us and tell us that this is better than the life that Jesus died for us to have. Today, I just want to ask a simple question. And it's would you say today that, hey, I'm a sinner? And I know I ain't living right with God. I don't have a relationship with him today. And I need to get right with God. This Easter Sunday, what better time, Resurrection Sunday, to get right with God than right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. You only gotta wait till next Easter. Come on, Jesus died for you to have an abundant, fulfilled life where you are not bound by your sin anymore. You are not bound by the chains that you have had around you for so long. But listen, he died so that you could be free now right now in this place. So we need to get up out of that grave, y'all, because Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Come on, we know that he rose again and he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Right now it says in the Bible that he is praying for you. How cool is that? Jesus actually knows you and cares for you and is praying for you. Interceding to the Father simply means he's praying for you and for me. And I wanna ask you this question today Will you take off your grave clothes, get up out of that grave and move into the life that Jesus died for you to have? And it's easy. You don't have to be baptized next week, right on time. You don't have to go through our growth track membership class. You don't got to start tithing and serving. Are you still going to cuss a little? Maybe. You still going to have some trouble? For sure. But do you believe? That's what matters. Because my son took that piece from the very beginning and moved it all the way to the end. And Jesus wants to do that with you right here, right now. You think I gotta have all these steps lined out perfect before I can come to God. No, 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 not today. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to pick you up, turn you around and place your feet on solid ground today. Amen. Would you stand with me? Now, some of you in here today are just a a regular church goer and you're just excited to worship jesus here today you're excited to just be a part of of what god is doing and you want to celebrate jesus but man i know i want to talk to those people here today that maybe you say hey that's me pastor i'm still living in the grave right now maybe i'm still holding on to my past and wearing those old grave clothes i would just want to ask you today Do you recognize that you are the sinner on the cross, the thief on the cross? You are this person. We like to romanticize ourselves and think that we would be Jesus in the story. Come on, man, we're this guy. Some of you might even be this guy over here. We say, I'm a sinner, I need Jesus. I need to get right with God today. I don't wanna live the same way any longer. I've been trying to do it on my own and it's just not working. I wanna say yes to him today. I wanna give you that opportunity right here, right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you would say, hey, Pastor, that's me. I wanna get right with God, and start this new journey with Him, or maybe get right with God again. Maybe you've been good with Him before, but man, you know that you're not living for Him now, and you need to say yes again. Rededicate your life to God. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand and look up at me real quick so we can make eye contact. I want to see who I'm praying for today. And then you can put your hand right back down. It'll be the best decision that you ever make in your entire life. One two, three. Is anybody in this place today? Come on, I see you here, I see you. I see you in the back, my man. I see you right here, over here, over here, this whole side. Yes, come on, I see you here, right here. Come on, anybody else? Look up at me, you can put it right back down. Yes, I see you, I see you in the back. Absolutely, come on, come on, right here. Yes, ma'am, I see you. My man, right here, I see you, bro, come on. Is there anybody else today that wants to say yes to Jesus? I think I counted 12 people saying yes to Jesus. Come on, can we just give God praise for a second? That's amazing, that's amazing. That is so good. The Bible says that there's a party in heaven anytime one person says yes to Jesus. And that's why we like to party around here at Radical Church, is because we believe that when people are saying yes to Jesus that we are fulfilling the call that we have as a church to help people find and follow Jesus. So hey, on this Easter Sunday, I'd like everybody to pray all together as we say yes to Jesus once again. Maybe you've been a Christian for 40 years. Maybe you're becoming a Christian today, right here, right now. I want us all to pray the same prayer together. Would you bow your heads with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me, for helping me in my time of need. I know I'm the thief on the cross in need of a savior. I give you my life today. I put you first. I turn from my sin and I move towards you Thank you for saving me, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's say amen in the house of God. Let's put our hands together. Thank you, Jesus. I saw about 12 people saying yes to God. Come on, this is incredible. What an Easter Sunday. Man, I'm so grateful that you have chosen to come and worship with us today. It means so much to us uh, for you to be here on our first Sunday in this new building. Like I said, the building means nothing if it isn't for Jesus on the cross and if it isn't for him raising again on the third day. So let me pray a blessing over you and your family as you go today. And and um, like I said, please fill out the connect card if you're new. We'd love to hang out with you. I'd love to meet you right outside before we leave today and say hello. Come on, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you sent your son, Jesus. Your word says that, you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life god we're so grateful to jesus that you the perfect sinless lamb of god would sacrifice yourself for me and for us god i thank you for every person saying yes to you today help them on their new journey with you to stay close to you God, for every person here today that you would keep them close. Give them blessing, Lord. Give them favor in their life and their finances with their children, God. I pray a blessing over every child that is here today, every son and every daughter. Lord, keep them close to you, God. Keep them close to your heart that they would never leave or depart from you, that you would help us as parents to train up our children in the way they should go because we believe that they will not depart from it when they are older. God, help them to be mighty warriors and and princesses for you, God. Royalty in the kingdom of God. I thank you for every person. to Give them favor and give them blessing. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Why don't we give God praise one more time for everything. It's incredible. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Easter at Radical Church, 10 a.m. You have been amazing. God bless you. We'll see you next week, 9 and 11.